0: This is Twa Team's One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, the sensational return of Lee Griffiths to Dundee, the kids are all right on both sides of Tannadice Street, and Scotland's crucial World Cup qualifying triple header. Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome back to Twa Team's One Street. As ever, I am joined by George Grant. Hello, and Graham Finnan is here as well. Hello, everyone. Bear, how's it going? Give us a, a weather update.
1: Yeah, well, it, listen, it, it may be September the first, and it's only 16 weeks to Christmas, but the sun is splitting the pavements in in Dundee. It's absolutely wonderful today. And it's another great day not to be doing a podcast, but here we are Callum and we're going to make it as interesting as possible over the next hour or so.
0: Splitting the pavements, that sounds a bit dangerous, there's wee cracks in the road and all the pensioners up your way will be tripping down the law, lawn. Huh?
1: Yeah, but got on the council about that, yeah, they'll get that, they'll get that sorted. Happy days. But no, it's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful day in the city.
0: Okay, good stuff, right, let's get cracking then. We'll start with Dundee, we're going to have a look back at the weekend results, but obviously The big news um, this week on both sides of the streets has been transfer activity with deadline day taking place on Tuesday. But very quickly, we're going to go over Dundee's last game, a 1-0 defeat in the league at Motherwell. Tony Watt with the goal, um, a nice backward header. Saw it last night in the highlights. Um, George, you were there. I take it you were there. You must have been there because I wasn't there. Decent performance from Dundee, but maybe just couldn't quite get in there, Bear was saying he was there as a fan and it wasn't much in the uh, game, but, but Motherwell just snuck it in the end.
2: I, it feels like so long ago now, because of all the transfer stuff and obviously the the big story uh, this week, so I've kind of forgotten most of it but no, uh, Dundee Dundee were by far the better team. Mm. Uh, the stats kind of sta- stack up against that, obviously apart from the scoreline. I, d- I don't think Motherwell were that great but Dundee really pinned them back Controlled the ball for most of the game. They just didn't have that final pass, final touch. They, although they had what fifteen shots or something, I, th- I think the stats said, and they had sixty percent possession, they didn't have too many like proper chances. Uh, it was more they kind of they got into the good areas and then they just couldn't make the most of it. Uh, unlucky with Paul McMahon in the first half. Wonderful shot that it was a wonderful move actually between Luke McEwen and Max Anderson, and then cut back to. McMullen, it looked like he'd scored, had that gone in. You feel like Dundee could have went on and won that quite comfortably, but they're still scratching around waiting for that that first win. Uh, it's a wee bit of pressure on them when they come back after the break, but uh, despite that, still feeling good about themselves because the performance is there. It's just putting that finishing touch in and, well, we'll talk about it, but they we could well have added that finishing touch this week.
0: Absolutely, they've made a big signing, haven't they and Lee Griffiths but we'll just talk about the game a little bit more Bear, you were there mm. um, there does feel like there's a, a need like George says to get that first win on the board sooner rather than later get the monkey off their back, they've got Livingston coming up next after the international break they're, they're dead bottom of the table Dundee aren't <laughs> much further ahead no, really on two points but enough. it's so early isn't it but is. you, you just feel this Dundee team have got something that that is just waiting to explode and, and they're going to get that win sooner rather than later
1: Yeah, you do call them and uh, you know Saturday's game at Motherwell you know, was it was another case of a game where Dundee were were competing all the way for ninety minutes, but they've come away empty-handed, and it's you know, it's 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 a harsh lesson in, that you get in the Premier League, but you know, one mistake can cost you cost you the points, and I've asked twice I've seen Motherwell, obviously they were up at Dundee in the, in the Premier Sports Cup, and mm-hmm. I thought Dundee thoroughly deserved to win that day, and I, I thought on Saturday, if any team deserved to win, it was probably Dundee, I didn't think Motherwell were that good, but you look at the table, and I think Motherwell are sitting on seven points, and looking, looking rosy, and Dundee are, you know, down in the bottom, they are just sitting on two, but there's a long, long way to go, and I think the fact that you know, the performances have been have been pretty good. All oh, it takes Celtic out of the equation. other than that, the, mm-hmm. the the Premier Sports Cup win against Motherwell, the other the other three games that they've played, they've been pretty good from Dundee. And that's what it was like on Saturday. They had a good first twenty five minutes. You know, and they lost their way a wee bit when Charlie Adam had to go off, which was unfortunate. Um, you know, as as George says, a terrific strike from Paul McMullen. I mean, he's been s- He's, he's had so many assists and, and goals for Dundee, but you know, he just seems yeah. to run out of luck a wee bit when he, when he tries it at, at goal, you know. So, but you know, it was really unfortunate because it, games like that, which are going to be tight, which is going to be a lot in the Premier getting your nose in front can make such a big difference. But it wasn't to be, um, and you know, Tony Watt only needs an inch. He's, he's that sort of player. He didn't do very much in the game. And uh, I see Graham Alexander's, you know, sort of uh, praising him for the goal, but looking for him to do a wee bit more. And that's Tony Watt for you. You know, mm. he, but he, he scored at the highest level, you know, in the Champions League in big, big games for Celtic. And, and he only needs, uh, you know, as I say, an inch. And, and he did it on Saturday, just diverting, a, you know, a set play in, in, inside the post, just a glancing and header. And that that did for Dundee, a bit disappointing for Dundee to lose that goal again, because another set play. And I'm sure it's that something James McPake will be annoyed about and they'll be working on that. And training, But for me, the, the biggest disappointment for, for me was Dundee didn't really do enough in the second half to to get themselves back in the game. Sure, they had, they had a lot of possession and they had a, a number of half chances, which if they'd fallen to the right person or, or they'd been a bit more clear-cut, they might have got themselves back in there. But when you're one nothing down, you know, Motherwell didn't have to do anything. They just said, well, mm-hmm. come on, Unless us you've got. And Dundee just they, they didn't really do anything. I, I, you know, so... It's disappointing in that respect. I, th- I, th- I thought it was a strange move when James McPake took off Sean Byrne and he-, he moved Paul McMahon into the central midfield role. And Paul McMahon did a, did a fine job. But you know, he's been he's been terrific wherever he's played this season, Paul McMahon. But they took away that attacking threat down the right hand side, which was for me what we lost a wee bit in that. So you know, but the Hud they brought other players on, Hud Sheridan on, Hud Cummins on, you know, but they just couldn't find a way really to to, to open up the mother well. Defense and as I said right at the start there, it's it's a harsh lesson. The the Premier League isn't isn't the Championship. You know what you might have got away with in the Championship, you won't get away with in the Premier League. So, yeah, the the still got to come for Dundee, but you know they shouldn't be too disheartened. There's a long long way to go, um, and they're playing they're they're still playing pretty solidly. I've got to say.
0: You mentioned the step up between the Championship and the Premiership, and I think that the what you really need when you make that step up is a difference maker. And Dundee have got good players on the pitch, we know that, you've mentioned some of them, Charlie Adam, Paul McMullen, Jason Cummins, on their day they can make the difference, but they've signed someone this week, George and Lee Griffiths coming back to Dundee on a season loan from Celtic, who on his day, if fit, and in the right frame of mind, and that last bit is really important, is a supreme striker, a guy who can make a huge difference to this team, you feel, if he's on his game.
2: Definitely, well, if he's on his game, he's Scotland's best striker. For me. Absolutely. I, don't, I don't think anyone else really comes comes close in terms of finishing even the all-round play these days. Um But it's, it's been pretty stop-start the last couple of years through various issues uh, I guess with managers and off the field and things like that um, but I've just been up to speak to him at, at Denz Park with the whole host of media turning up which is why we're about half an hour late recording this podcast uh, you guys are waiting for me to arrive Um but he seems seems ready to go. He seems happy obviously happy to be at Dundee. I think he's really happy to be working with James McPakey. And I think that's you can tell there's there's a real friendship there and obviously they've knowing known each other for a long time at Livy and, mm-hmm. and Hibs. And it feels like if there's one place that can help get Lee Griffiths back. To what we know Lee Griffiths can produce then it feels mm-hmm. like Dundee's the place for him because obviously he's had good memories of being there before knows the place, he's got family up here um, and obviously knows the manager inside and the manager knows him Knows. Uh, well, it, it may be a new experience having to manage him uh, yeah. <laughs> but he understands the type of, type of guy he is so uh, I think that, that could be a big thing for for Lee Griffiths, and if they get it right, I mean, what sign it could be?
0: Yeah, Bear, there's no doubting his quality, is there? And we we had a wee <laughs> conversation before um, we started broadcasting about Griffiths and 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 whether it's sort of like a make or break move for him. You know, at his age, thirty one, maybe got ambitions of being the main man for Scotland again. It's maybe a slight backward step in his career at this stage to go back to his former club, but it could make a big difference. And if he does the business for Dundee, um, you know they'd be delighted for him to to then go back to Celtic and kick on again, wouldn't they? It's it's it feels like a pivotal moment for him as a as a person as well.
1: Yeah, I mean like, uh, you're hoping it's going to be a win win for for everyone. You know, obviously the fact that Lee Griffiths comes to Dundee, he scores goals for Dundee, he entertains the fans. Dundee do well this season. Lee Griffiths can then as effectively put himself in the in the shop window, which is, is obviously good for for Celtic as well, sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolutely stunning signing for the Dark Blues. I mean, I, I would, I was thinking back, you know, the players that Dundee have signed. That you know, I think it's the most. I know it's only a loan deal, but I think it's the most exciting signing since the Benetti era. And I know they've signed mm-hmm. Charlie Adam and and they've yeah. signed one or two other decent players in that time. But just the fact that Griffiths is is an attacking player, I think ignites a spark among the fans. You know the Dundee fans. As soon as this story broke, they were you know they were frothing at the mouth of the, the, the prospect mm. of Lee Griffiths coming back to Dens Park. Now we know he's got he, he he's got going to bring some baggage. You know the, the, you know there's there could be a chance that he might fall out with someone at the club. You know there's some, he he might do something silly along the way. And that's just Lee Griffiths, but he is in still. He's a, he's an international class striker on his day. He scored one hundred. Plus goals for Celtic. What he can do to Dundee, and I, I, I read George's column in, in the telly this week. George, like, it's a game changer for Dundee if they get if they can get Lee Griffiths on the straight and narrow. You know, Dundee will benefit massively. You know, and, and the fans are just you know they're so excited to see him back in the Dundee shirt. And I, I, I've mm-hmm. seen a few. I haven't obviously. George has been speaking to him today, but I've seen it, I've seen his interview on Sky and. Sports and uh, he's talking about he's going to let his football. Do the talking from now on, and that's good. That's what you want to hear from Lee Griffiths. You know, there's there's too much talk about other things in Lee Griffiths' yep. life that you know grab the headlines. We want to see him grabbing the headlines for scoring goals for Dundee, mm-hmm. and I also believe he looks genuinely looks as though he's happy. And that you know, there's nothing there's nothing surer if you've got a player that's happy, you're more likely to get the best of him. That, I mean, that and a player, an employee. You're going to get the best out of him, so yeah, it's a great signing for Dundee, and you know, we'll just just the Livingston game, you know, in sort of ten days' time, just can't come quickly enough. The fans, the, the, the fans will be, you know, piling through the gates for that, want to see him. You can see that
2: better up at Dens. Just how many mm-hmm. press folk were there? I mean, usually or quite often in the even this season, there's just been a couple of us and. Uh, one or two broadcast kind of guys but it was so busy, there was so many people I think Griffiths and McPake must have done six, seven, eight separate interviews uh, just about this one signing, which shows even across the, the whole country that Lee Griffiths still has that appeal that people want to read about and they're desperate for him to do well, uh, a lot of people so um, I, yeah it's, it's go- whatever happens, it's going to be entertaining I
0: would say that what you've got to say as well. A lot of credit has to go to to James and as well. The, the players he's he's brought to the club in recent times. You mentioned, you know, maybe not seen these since you know the Benetti era with your your Canadians and 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 those type of players, them Mzadzis, whatever your, your, the guys they were bringing in then. But now you're seeing guys. They're not like faded stars. That they're, they're good, high quality Scottish Premiership performers. And you know, at least your, your Lee Griffiths, Charlie Adam. Jason, Jason Cummins, Charlie Adams, proven he's still got it. Jason Cummins is starting to prove he can be a very important player for Dundee. And that's a frightening prospect for for opposition teams to have Cummins and Griffiths to face up against, plus Killian Sheridan, Danny Mullen, Alex Jakubiak in reserve. Um, George, they've got real attacking power now, don't they, Dundee?
2: Yeah, and then to back them up, you've got Paul McMullen and Paul McGowan. Hmm. Luke McCowan has, has started to to show what you can do in the top flight and then obviously Charles Adam behind and John McGee Max Anderson coming up Threats set pieces they definitely definitely have goals in them uh, and I agree with you that, uh, about the manager James there's no fear in him about asking the question do you want to come and play mm-hmm. for Dundee no matter what if it's Charles Adam is looking for a big contract down south or, or Lee Griffiths or Graham Dorans or However, uh, mm-hmm. and then they fight. They they figured out a way to get these deals done. It's not breaking the bank, or the kind of and you're, you're bringing back the the Bonetti era. Bear obviously that mm-hmm. the way that ended. That that's not the way this is going to end. It's they've, they've figured out ways to to get the deals done, and, and it seems to be that way again. Obviously, been a loan deal with Celtic. He won't be paying all his all his wages, uh, but he. As soon as uh, the question was asked, he wanted to come to Dundee. Uh, He saw it as exactly the place he needed to be. It It does feel that way and he does seem really happy to be there, even if he had to talk to 12 press people today and have to put up with daft questions that I'm asking him and stuff like that.
0: You'll be able to answer this for me, George, but do you think that uh, we were up in arms? Well, we weren't up in arms. Some people were up in arms uh, a couple of weeks ago, about Gordon Strachan, you know, taking on a, a a temporary role at Celtic. Do you think? And I know that Griffiths and McPake have a pre-existing relationship, as you've mentioned from the Livingston days, their Hibs days. But do you think this link between the clubs now with Strachan has maybe helped in even at a small part to get this move over the line? It's it's a guy in Strachan of great influence, and this could have actually really benefited Dundee after all that, uh, you know, furor at the time about him um, taking on the role at Parkhead.
2: Um. Well, James McPake's answered that, he rejected that outright um, I, from the manager that had gone I don't think I had very much to do with it um, it sounded like it was James McPick phoned up Lee Griffiths, asked him if he was up for it and then they went through the normal route to, to get the deal done with Celtic I'd, I'm sure it won't have won't have harmed anything having gone tracking it as, as a link if they needed it, I'm not sure they, they did um, and obviously, Celtic were looking to, to move him on. It uh, didn't look like he had really had a future under Ange Postecoglou. He hadn't, hadn't played a minute this season, although it seems like he's fit. Um, <clears throat> so th- I don't know. It obviously won not hurt, but I'm not sure how much uh, influence uh, Gone Schraken maybe had on it. Um, because of that, Relationship that the manager has with the player, um, and the, the thing that Mick um, Pig brought up he, previous conversation, I think it must have been way back at, at Hibs and at Lee Griffiths had, had told him that you you said you'd 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 back me up or you give me your word that you'd back me up no matter what. So this mm-hmm. is me repaying you. I've I've told you I'm coming, so I'm coming even though mm-hmm. Hibs came in at the last minute. Um yeah. and had had the deal accepted by Celtic. Uh, he'd already said to Dundee. He'd already said to James McPike, and because and he'd said that, that, that was it. There was no no chance of changing his mind.
0: Yeah, that's testament to Lee Griffiths as a person for doing that. It shows a good um, bit of loyalty there from him. Um, so yeah, we wish him all the yeah. best um, at Dundee. Hopefully, can can bang in the goals for the Dark Blues and get himself back on track um, professionally, personally. In all aspects of his life, because he's a he's a he's a top player. There's no doubt about that. Um, at the other end of the age spectrum, uh, Max Anderson has got a Scotland under twenty one call up for uh, Scott Gemmel's team's Euro twenty twenty three qualifying trip to Turkey next Tuesday. Um, well deserved, pair, isn't it? He's he's been a fantastic performer not just this season in the Premiership, but but last season when he burst on the scene in the Championship. He's a exciting talent.
1: It's I think it's just reward, calm. I first got winded a uh, uh, Max Anderson. Unfortunately, uh, he, he's broken through during the the, the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. era sort of thing. So you first the first sort of sight you get a Max Anderson doing well for Dundee is is you know on one of these you know pay per view things at the weekend when you you know you're getting a stream from a game and you're looking at this young lad and you're I'm thinking... I'm glad you said
2: game actually? there, but it sounded a bit dodgy, a pay-per-view at the weekend. Yeah, no,
1: no, no, no. I've not been on those sites for years, George. Um, I would never do that again. <laughs> and, and that was an accident. Um, but, uh, no, Max is... Max is, is one of these guys who's burst onto the scene. Obviously, you know, Dundee, I've, I've got a, a good youth set up there. And there's been one or two have broken through Finn Robertson notably, you know, um, in the past sort of couple of years. But Max seems to have, uh, have just jumped in and and, and and stolen Finn's thunder if you like. Different there are different types of player I've got to say straight away before we start sort of have them sort of competing against one another. Um but Max is he's come in, he for a young lad he's got a great touch on the ball. He's got great energy levels. And for me, the great thing about him is he goes up and down the park. He doesn't go across the park. He, he gets himself forward and into the box and is always looking uh, to either create chances or uh or or get on the end of one and, and and stick it away himself which he's done on a few occasions and he's improving every every sort of time you see a max anderson does something um you know which which looks better than what he's done before and that's a great sign for a young lad and it's just a war getting called up you know in under under 21 he's an exciting attacking talent he's proven all the time you know i think he's uh He's got to watch out for the last challenges, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I yeah.
2: <laughs> but
1: you, need, you need a bit of that in the middle of the park as well, I've got to say. But you know, it's a brilliant opportunity for him. It's, it'll be a good learning curve for, curve for him to be involved with the, with Scott Gimlin under 21s. Um, you know, and it just seems to be going from strength to strength. And you'll come back and you, you know, even in among sort of the, you know, the, and it, I, I know they're all in it together. And I'm sure that, you know, that the egos at Denz, you know, they stay well sort of hidden if you like, you know, but Max Anderson will feel that, you know, he's he's an equal in there amongst Charlie Adam, yeah. in there amongst Jordan McGee, in there amongst Jason Cummins, in there now amongst Lee Griffiths. Max Anderson will be walking tall and that's that's going to be beneficial to Dundee going forward. No, but well done, Max Anderson. It's always good to get international recognition. We don't see enough of it nowadays in the city clubs which is really disappointing, I've got to say. So mm-hmm. it's good to see that Max has got himself in there. And I hope, he, I hope he gets an opportunity to show what he can do because I'm sure he won't, won't let the, the country down.
0: Yeah, Chris Mockery as well from Dundee United, also in that squad. Yes, We're of Going to go on and talk about that um, a little later in the show. But George, just on Max, I mean, Bear mentions it in jest there about his rash tackles and that, but he must have thought, oh, he makes his premiership debut against St. and gets sent off. I've blown it. And then only a few weeks later, he's <laughs> he's in the, the national team squad. That just... It just it just shows you the way football works. It's it's you know it doesn't go unnoticed. People people can see a talent, and he's definitely one.
2: Well, maybe that's what got him noticed. <laughs> uh, somebody said to Scott game By the way, did you see that tackle from that boy up at the end?
0: <laughs> the karate kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but the, the, Max Anderson played really well that day. He was really impressive. Mm-hmm. He played a cracking ball for the equalizer to make it two two. He yeah. played it down the to John Marshall. Um and he was good again against Mullerwell. He was on the end of a a bad tackle actually that ended up in the red card. Um no I, big fan of his. I, I like the simplicity there he approaches the game with it. You ask him I, when I interviewed him for the first time last last season, he he was just on the end of He's scoring a few goals and I just asked him what was going through his mind when he the chance came when he scored his first goal, and he said, oh, mm-hmm. "I just kicked the ball at the goal <laughs> somewhere." There's no, Keeps it simple. <laughs> there's no, huge, no. But that's good though. I, I like that. There was no worrying too much about missing or anything. He was just like, "I'm just gonna smash this as hard as I can." And look where it's, that kind of approach has gone. But Bear touched on his his his, no, his touch. His first touch is r- incredible. Really, the, the ball just sticks to his feet. Yeah, that's where it really stands out. To me about man, obviously he's got the, the engine. Uh I think James Witpeak said uh last week or the week before he, he was approaching the kind of the levels that James Milner was was, was running for Liverpool mm-hmm. uh that weekend, like 12k a game and things like that. It's it's pretty impressive stuff. And he's still young. You got to think there's more to come as well, which sounds fantastic for, for Max.
0: Absolutely. The fearlessness of youth, all the best to Max and Chris, who we're gonna go on and talk about now. As we jump over the street and speak about Dundee United. Yes, United were also in premiership action at the weekend. Unfortunately, it was another uh, defeat for one of the City clubs, a 2-0 loss to Hearts at Tannadice. Liam Boyce and Arno Nyandule with the goals um, for the Jam Tarts. Poor day at the office for United Bear. But overall, you'd say they've started well. They're, they're managing to... To find ways to win games, we saw that with the the, the Rangers game, which was magnificent. Mm-hmm. St Johnston, they managed to to sneak it against a very good team. weren't great against Aberdeen or Hearts, but they're still finding their feet under a new boss, aren't they? And and they can be quite happy with how the season's gone so far.
1: I think so. I think they'll just be disappointed as they had another big big support inside Tannadice. Um, yeah, you know Hearts have Hearts have started so well. Credit to uh, Robbie Nielsen. He always gets his teams off to a flyer. Um, so it was always going to be a tough game for Dundee United. But, yeah, they'll be disappointed. They'll be disappointed because it would be another major scalp for them. But, you know, the Premier League is it's a tough, tough league. I think, you know, the overall, the overall picture, I would say, you know, they've certainly got more than pass marks uh, for the, the start we have made um, when you consider that, you know, they haven't really changed their squad a huge amount. That are working under different sort of conditions in the fact that they've got a new man sort of running the team in Tam courts. And, you know, I think when he looks back, he'll be quite satisfied, I would say, you know, the way things have gone. I still think, Calum, I still think the old feelings are there. I, I can see that, you know, and, and that's not as surprising mm-hmm. when you consider that they've still basically got the same personnel. They still look to me as though they struggle to create a lot of chances in games. Um you know, and that's going to be an issue. Obviously, they brought in the guy Levitt from, from Manchester United. Um, so we'll see where that, that goes, if that leads to anything. But uh, they still look to me as though well they're struggling to get themselves up the parking numbers and create good openings for, for the likes of McNulty and Clark, who are, are proven goal scorers at this level. But mm-hmm. the, other, the flip side to that is they still look remarkably dogged at the back. And as we said last season, that was what gave them that platform. To go on and you know you know win games that, that were tight and maybe get points in games that they were losing, they, they they give nothing away cheaply, nothing. And I know they've lost a couple of goals on Saturday, but Hearts had to work for for that result. You yeah. know Hearts had to work really hard. You can see that, in the where when the goals have come right right at the tail end of the first half, right at the end of normal time. So yeah, United can be quite happy uh the way things have gone. They're still looking pretty solid. Um, Obviously, the, the big thing is, is you know that we'll talk about the transfer window and who they've brought in and things like that in a, in a, in a short while, but you know there wasn't there hasn't been sort of too many comings uh, in, in the club, so it's how, how does Tam courts freshen things up a wee bit of, you know go, going forward because they do need to they do need to find a way to hurt teams a wee bit more than they're doing at the moment and and give some more service to to, to Clark and McNulty than they're giving at this point in time.
0: Yeah, George, Bear mentions the sort of defensive solidity that was United's big strength last season. Uh, A big part of that, it has to be said, was Jamie Robson. He's now left the club for Lincoln City um, in a six-figure deal. He's been replaced by Scott McMahon. United have signed him um, from Hamilton. Um, A sort of like-for-like replacement in the left flank, although McMahon's a bit more versatile, can play along the back four. Um, it's a good bit of continuity for United, but how would you kind of assess their, their window overall if they strengthened in the the right areas for you? If, if they got enough in,
2: uh, <clears throat> I think so. Well, as Bear said, it's, it's about bringing in that creativity. It sounds sounds like um, although I'm not seeing him in the flesh yet, that Dylan Levitt could, could bring that uh, in the middle, uh, combined with obviously Yando Fuchs' uh, running ability and. And the energy he brings to the middle of the park. Um as well as his quality. Um interested to see uh, when they get Niskanen's uh work or get him finally sorted mm. out and all the paperwork done and, and see what he might bring. Um I think Jamie Robson's gonna be a big a big miss, I have to say. I think I don't I don't think Jamie Robson's really got the the credit is is maybe deserved for his, his yeah, time at United. I think that. he's been a yeah. fantastic servant to, to the club. I think he's shown that this season, obviously. He was brilliant against Rangers. Um he's been there a long time. I was I was doing a bit from a column just looking at his his histories. Uh I think he made his debut under Jackie McNamara. He's he's been mm-hmm. <laughs> he's seen ten managers, or he's played mm-hmm. under ten managers if you include the caretakers at United. That's ridiculous, he's only 23 I mean, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a well I called it an end of an era but it does feel that way because he's been through all the through all the rubbish that United have had to put up with, uh, with the past few years and then played a big part in their, their revival in the last few years uh, but 10, 10 managers, I mean it's that's, that's crazy isn't
0: it? No it's mad, I mean you're right it is, it does, I was thinking this myself, it does feel like the end of an era, he's sort of like was the last man standing from when they were in the premiership last time. And I know Callum Butcher was there, but he sort of, he went away and came back. Jamie Robson's been there for mm. the whole journey from them getting relegated to coming back up and, and having this resurgence to, to to sort of where they are now and, and where they hope to go in the future. But um, hopefully it's a good move for him. I mean, it's a competitive league down there, League One. Um, hopefully he, he performs well because it, it can be a stepping stone. People might look at it and think, oh, why would you leave? Dundee United, a, a huge historic club, which they are for for Lincoln City. And in fairness to them, you know, a, a relative minnow in terms of the, the global football standings. But you know, they're playing at a big level. You know, they they've got the money to spend that they maybe don't have up here so much. So it's a good opportunity for Jamie, and hopefully he can he can kick on because there's there's a talented player there. There's there's lots of promise. I mean, mm-hmm. he was when he, when he was younger, I think Southampton were sniffing around him to try and get him in the door as, as a kind of under twenty three player. So. Clearly, you know, for the English market, they see something in him um, where he could kick on and, and maybe play at a bit of a higher level, playing the championship, you never know. So, um, you know, I think um, Scott Fraser's a good example of that, a guy who went down south um, and his, his career sort of kicked on um, there. I think he's at Ipswich now, isn't he? Scott, doing quite well there. So um, it shows you what can be done. Um, in terms of his replacement, Scott McMahon, at, it's, it's a good sign and I, I would say you know having watched him last season actually against United at Aki's I think it was a 1-0 win that day but we know he got the goal but he was Hamilton's best player by a country mile he was whipping in balls down the left flank he was up and down all afternoon long causing United lots of problems so I'm sure that was something that the recruitment people at, at Tannadice picked up on and he's, he's been a target for a while because he's a good player he's a good age he's versatile so hopefully he can make a wee difference you, may, you mentioned um Ilmarin Niskanen, um, he's been in training um, with United, although he's not registered to play yet. They're hoping that they'll they'll see him in Tangier against Sitmar after the international break. So hopefully they get him in, and that might make a wee difference bear because mm-hmm. the whole thing about Tam Courts when, when he when he first came in was he wanted to implement a free flowing attacking style. We've seen it a wee bit performances from like Logan Chalmers, Peter Pollock. Chalmers unfortunately is injured, but getting a guy like Niskanen yeah. in is is that freshness if nothing else hopefully make a wee difference to United. Yeah,
1: I'm hoping that that he is uh, the genuine genuine wide man that, you know, he's meant to be. That's because that's definitely what United needs. I mean, you talk about Peter Paul and Peter Paul likes to turn and go down the flanks on on either side and he can do that, but he isn't really, for me, a genuine wingman. I think that's what United need. They need somebody that plays up and down the flanks, is going to take men on, get to the line and get balls into the box. Now, unfortunately, the, the, I'm not sure what's going on with this guy and why it's taken so long to get them in. But we're, we're not privy to what what's, well, the sort of red tape and, and the hoops that have got to be jumped through. But the sooner the better. And you like to think that when we get back to action, you know, you know, and, and sort of a week on Saturday that uh, you, you you'll be available certainly, you know, to, to get on onto the pitch because it can make such a big difference to Dundee United. Just on Jamie Robson, I, I agree with you know, wholeheartedly with what you said. I, I think, you know. I've I've seen Scott McMahon fleetingly, so I can't really say too much about him. But if he plays in that sort of similar role, it can only be good for United. But I think Jamie Robson is is another player who has improved his lot greatly over the last sort of couple of seasons at Cardiff, and it's mm-hmm. no surprise mm-hmm. to me that you know that people were, were sniffing around him. I'm disappointed. I've got to say that you know he's gone to uh, Lincoln City. No disrespect to them. I do feel that Jamie Robson could could have went to a higher profile club but I do think that like anything he's not going to Lincoln City um on to sort of take a cut on wages or anything like that I'm sure that it, mm-hmm. you know his you know his financial package will be far greater than what he's on at Tranhouse and I'm afraid that's just the, the nature of the game in Scotland you know but this is where we're at you know at the level that we are paying players it's they're paying the same and more down in league 1 in England I think the sole one for United is that he was part of that rigid back line, Callum. You know, yeah. and, and and now you're going to ask Scott McMahon to be part of that. And Scott McMahon might well, you know, come in and do a fantastic job. But you have now taken Segrist out because, you know, he's injured. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Trevor Carson, you've got Scott. So that back line is changing slightly. And that, I always think that, you know, when you've got a back four that, that, that does well, and it, you saw that United you know, last season, very rarely changed it. But now you, your hand's been forced. So hopefully the guys that are coming in can do just as an efficient job as, as the ones, certainly, that went bef- went before. But uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed for Ilmari Niskanen and Mishimi, United's shirt before too long.
0: Yeah, that's all the kind of incomings wrapped up. But in terms of outgoings, you have to say that there was big concerns before the window opened and throughout the window that United would lose all of their prized assets. Um, They've lost mm-hmm. Shankland, obviously, but they've made good money off of him to get over a million pounds. They've made some money out of Jamie Robson, obviously an academy graduate. You know they've developed their own there. That's that's what the club are looking to do. But they've, whether or not the the injuries had an impact in poor circumstances, they've managed to keep Benjamin Segrist. They've kept John Doe Fuchs. Um, Ryan Edwards has signed a new deal. You know, George, that that's that's has to be looked upon as a decent window for United with the new boss as well. I think a lot of questions were asked about whether the players would want to be there, play for them. You know, whether he's got, to use his vernacular, the minerals for the job, um, <laughs> I think he's starting to prove he does on and off the pitch. But they've kept that core. Hopefully Segrist's injury isn't so bad. Um, and they get the benefit of having these these top players for for a wee bit longer, at least.
2: Yeah, I hope he's not been utilising, when he's talking about the minerals and where he... What was it Snatch he got that from? Or Lockstock? <laughs> I hope he's snatch, not using yeah. the, the, the gangster... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, processes to keep players at but no I, I think it, it bodes well because yeah if it wasn't a happy place people would be leaving and wanting to leave uh, but obviously people, folk want to stay that we could see what is possible at, at Tanadice. Um it's it's been a decent start Just we were talking about that before six points from four games that's, that's it's not too bad because we always think new manager coming in, no matter what their history and where they've come from, it's going to be a work of progress. It's going to take a bit of time, mm-hmm. uh, but to get a couple of good wins on the board, early days just took that pressure off straight away. Yeah. Um, in terms of Tam Courts coming in, um, yeah, I think they should be quite happy. But, to me, it all, whether it's been a successful win- window or not, it comes down to whether they can add that creativity and we'll wait and see how good Niskanen uh, is, obviously, as an international player, so the kind of hopes are high uh, for him. But, yeah, it's, it's just about finding finding that formula that, that gets them a bit more dangerous up the top end of the park. Yeah. Um, We've been saying that for a long time, so hopefully, hopefully they can sort that out mm-hmm. and we can stop talking about it.
0: Uh, you mentioned, um, we mentioned players wanting to stick around. Um, Callum Butcher's one who's signed a new deal at Tannadice until 2023. It's got an option of a further year. Bear, I know he's a guy that you're a big fan of, yeah. um, he's captained the team quite a few times this season, hasn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a leader for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to say. Callum Butcher signing that deal an extension to twenty twenty three. I mean that is the worst news possible for Dundee fans. I've got to say, <laughs> because Callum Butcher is, is you know, he has been a massive part of United's derby successes in in recent years, and he is he's a he's a terrific player. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm a big admirer of Callum Butcher because I think you need someone like that, you know, on the park who, who just takes command and is just a solid player that gives United the platform gives those around him the, the John Doe Fuchs and, you know, um other players in, in the midfield the, the opportunity to get forward. I know we'd like them to get mm-hmm. forward a wee bit more, but Butcher mm-hmm. is solid. And I think I think yeah. I think what, what you've got there as well is that protection, that added protection to the to the back line. And I think that I mean we talk about the back four and the goalkeeper, but that extra man sitting in front there, you know. He does a big job there as well, and that shouldn't be mm-hmm. forgotten. But as great, great. I, I, we well, was spoken about United, you know. They've not brought many players in uh, in recent times, but what they have done quite cutely is they've given a lot of their so their, their consistent players extended deals, which means that yeah. they're not going to be punched away. Certainly not on the cheap anyway. That's and, and that was a great piece of business getting Butcher in there for another another couple of years at least.
0: It does sort of. I mean, you mentioned they give the players, um, you know, their, their experienced pros long deals to have that continuity to have that. That team chemistry, you see the same over the road. To be fair, with Dundee as well, Paul McGowan's been there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Cammy Kerr, Sean Burns, a, a similar type of player to butcher a guy. You just need that need in there to sort of, um, you know. I'm looking forward that the derby is pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to them to <laughs> going head to head if they both play. That's it's going to be a fireworks certainly in the middle of the park. So, I, I think both teams do that quite well um, on the street. Is is that they do have a, a continuity and it gives them an identity as well. P- players that know. What the club means to the fans, McGowan knows that. Cammy here definitely knows that. Callum Butcher is definitely one at United who, who knows that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's good business for, for United. Um, and and hopefully they can they can kick on from here. And and like you say, it's, it's something we speak about every week. It's it's almost like Dundee's problems, maybe n- the defensive sides, maybe not quite perfect. And United, the, the problem is the attacking side is not quite perfect. So hopefully both teams can sort those issues out and and really kick on. Um, one player. Who is kicking on with his career, uh, much like Max Anderson is is Chris Mockery um at United, a bit less experienced than Max Anderson. He's only just started to kind of get minutes in the top flight with, with United, but he's got his call up into the under twenty one squad again. He's a little bit younger. He's only eighteen, um, George. But he's a guy that we've been talking about for a number of years, waiting for him to to burst onto the scene, and this might be the we kind of, you know boost that he needs to to go on and when he gets his chance in the team to, to really take
2: it. Yeah he's a he's a player they've talked about a lot, or for a while anyway. United mm. I remember I covered his his debut actually when I think I think he was United's youngest ever player, I think he was, yeah. Still is. Head. Mm-hmm. Um when he came in. Aye. And you could see he maybe wasn't quite ready for full on first team football week to week, but you could see the talent was there. Uh, and I was speaking to Lee Wilkie this week about his comment and, and Big Lee uh, coached him at United when he was at under-16s mm-hmm. and he, he said you could just see the talent was oozing out of this boy you could see how far he could go there's there's, there's so much ability uh, in there and obviously he went out on loan to Montrose, uh mm-hmm. was it last season and he was just too good for, for that level he, yeah. he, I think he ripped up League 1 um, and obviously United you know, would be looking either to step him up to a championship club or get him into the first team if he's ready and obviously he's ready because you don't just throw somebody in against Hearts who's not ready um, mm-hmm. even though obviously United want to promote their their youth teams And but against a big, strong very experienced club-like or team like Hearts you don't do that lightly which tells you that they have real trust uh, in Chris Mockery and I'm delighted to see him get called up because it's a bit frustrating. Bear mentioned it before about the. There's not been enough recognition for the the, the players that are in this city, the the, the two yeah. clubs that are starting to come through uh, these international teams. I don't know whether it's just because they don't play in Glasgow very often, but um, it's it's, ta- it's 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 a shame that it's taken the uh, the red tape or the. English base players are unable to be picked uh, because of the quarantine rules and stuff that's, that's led mm-hmm. to them finally getting a chance. Hopefully the two of them can really take the chance and and, and really make an impression. I think they've got the ability, uh, I really do, and I can't wait to see, hopefully, them get some game time and see how they do at under-21 level.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, we've seen, obviously, Lawrence Shankland, who, who's, who's moved on to pasture New, but he's maybe one of the only ones we've seen in recent years um, getting international recognition. Logan Chalmers has been there or thereabouts with the 21s, but it's good to see Max, good to see um, Chris Mockery getting in there. Um, and it shows like different paths to, to, to international football. Bear, I mean, hmm. Max has maybe came onto the scene a wee bit later, yes. um, gone straight into the first team in the championship with with Dundee. Chris has had to go down to Montrose and play with like Sean Dillon and all these guys, experienced pros down there and, and came back to United and, and taken his chances. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's kind of no wrong path isn't there, to get into where no, you
1: want to be no and not at all and it shows you should never you should never ever get too disheartened at a young age if you're not playing first team football you know you'll always get you always get your opportunities you know whether that means going on loan and showing what you can do but as well as that i look at Chris Mockley and George is right i remember him first coming on the scene you know i must have been 16 years old and and you looked at him, and he, you know he did he looked like it he looked like he, he, he should still be at school to be perfectly honest and he could have still been at school that he, but he just I, I saw him again at the weekend there and he has filled out a fair bit you know so he's probably still got a bit of development to do and uh, yeah that, that that always helps as well but yeah you're right about sort of international cops and that. you can remember the days when Dundee United they were sending away half a dozen players to the Scotland A squad you know every mm-hmm. week and you know your Sturricks your Hegarys Nairys you know and, and things like that so yeah, I would like to get back to that level. What I would say, is, in fairness to to the Scotland squad, Dundee and Dundee United have had periods in the Championship uh, yeah. over those periods as well. So you know, there probably have been other other players playing at a higher level, and you would expect them to maybe get get the call. But yeah, it, it shows you that, like to Max, Max is coming a wee bit later than Chris. You know, breaking in, But there's always a chance, and it's just just when that door opens for you, you've you've got to you've got to take it. I look at somebody just. Uh, on that very subject, somebody like Craig Brewster, who was at Dundee United as a kid, but then you know found his found his path stalled, and then ended up going and playing junior football, and then he ended up, I think he played for the Stobswell Juniors in Dundee, and then he went away up and, and played for Forfar, does well at Forfar, goes to I think it was Ruthrovers, Dunfermline. Suddenly things start taking off for him again, and then Craig Brewster, you know, he goes goes to Dundee United, and you know, effectively becomes a legend by scoring the, the winner in a Scottish Cup final, but then goes on after United, you know, ends up in you know, Greek football, comes back and plays for Aberdeen, Inverness you know, so Craig wasn't a guy who went straight into the first team at 16 he had to go around this sort of basis before he actually got that opportunity so what that's, the, the lesson is, you should never ever get too disheartened, you've just got to keep your head down, work hard and work for your openings and when they come, you know
0: Yeah, and you mentioned some of the factors as to maybe why there hasn't been so many young players getting called into the the squads. I mean, obviously the teams have been in the championship at different periods, but you have to give big credit to to Stephen Wright at Dundee and Andy Goldie at United for Mm -hmm. for really turning around the youth setups there. They are are producing more young players and better young players who are getting their opportunities in the first team, which is crucial. So it's good to see those guys playing um, for the city teams and also... Going on to play for the national team, hopefully getting caps, um, even if it's for the kids' team. Um but we're gonna move on now and speak about the Scotland A squad. Yes, Scotland are back in action. Um doesn't seem that long ago since we were uh, in kind of Euros euphoria, but um they're back in World Cup qualifying um football again. They've got a triple header, which is an obscene amount of games to be having in international football break. Usually it's only two tops, but we've got three, um, Denmark tonight on Wednesday night in Copenhagen. Um and then Moldova come to Hamden on Saturday and we're away to Austria next Tuesday. George, um, what are your hopes for this international break? Scotland are sitting second in Group F at the moment. Denmark's going to be a toughie, obviously, but need to find points somehow. Don't mean Moldova and Austria are big opportunities in the coming days.
2: Yeah, nine points. That's all we need. That's easy as that. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. I just about kept a straight face with that. Um. I it's going to be. It's, I think it's going to be really interesting just to see what the teams are, because obviously we've had um, problems with injuries and, and COVID, and then there's the travelling mm. issues. We can't get in the country, and because of just getting over COVID and things like that. And then I think Denmark are missing some as well. I think they're struggling for for, for guys up front. Obviously, people will probably listening to this after the games. Gone, so we'll have lost 6 0 by then. But I don't know, it's really difficult to figure out even who's going to be in our team, never mind what the score's going to be. Um, so it's a big week, though, isn't it? It's Denmark and Austria mm-hmm. are the two big t- teams that we, we think we're going to be competing with. Israel or are going to be in and around then as well. Um, we've, you're right, we've got to get points on the board. We're sitting second. But we're obviously just behind us. If we end up losing to them and lose to Denmark, then we're, we're really up against it. Um, so we've got mm-hmm. to get at least one result against one of the, those two. Denmark have been flying. Four, 14 goals scored, none conceded in three games, which tells you they're the, the strong yeah. side in the group. If we can get anything from that tonight, that's, that's good going. But I think the big games, we have to beat Moldova, obviously. Uh, but I think the big game might be the Austria. Absolutely,
0: and, and we saw in the Euros bear how handy these teams are. Denmark, in really oh, yeah. difficult circumstances with, with Christian Eriksen, managed yeah. to pull out some terrific performances in Austria weren't they bad either, you know? So no. it's it's what looked like a not bad draw when we first got it. It started with a really <laughs> tough group.
1: It's, it's incredibly tough, isn't it? I mean, and, and you add in the fact that Scotland been hit with the, the COVID stuff and uh, it's a tough one for Steve Clark. but, you know, I saw the, I saw the group Pictures of the group training, and there's still there's still a nucleus of that that squad there that had that great night in Belgrade when we, we qualified, and they were boogieing around the changing room. So hopefully they can find a bit of that spirit. And I think to be fair, Steve Clark, you know, he's fostered that sort of club mentality within the within the group, and you know they're going to need that because. I was, I was immensely impressed with Denmark, what they did in, in the Euros. You know, that night they played England and I had my Denmark top on that night, like every good <laughs> Scotland fan. Um, but they were just, they're just such a, you know, I, I didn't realise how good a side the world. They could play out from the back and then attack, you know, dangerous attacks. And Scotland are going to have to, to cope with that that tonight um, and it, it's going to be it's going to be incredibly tough and even games like Moldova you know everybody's saying we'll get three points from them let's see when has it ever been easy for Scotland I've got to say <laughs> against, uh, against the team they're expected to beat at Hamden Park but hopefully hopefully they can I think George is right if we can you know I would be a major surprise I mean looking at the game tonight if they, if they come away with a point they'll be doing they'll be doing fantastically well but you know you're pinpointing the win against Moldova and you're hoping you're hoping that they can they can come up with something uh, against Austria next Tuesday, and you know, and keep themselves up in that second second spot in the group. Denmark for me look as though you know certainly if have Denmark get the victory tonight. They're going to be uncatchable at the top of, top of Group F.
0: Yeah, we, what I will say is we're not easy beat um, under Steve Clark. No. I mean, the Euros wasn't great <laughs> at times. We, we didn't look fantastic um, against Croatia or the Czech Republic so much, but we've we, we shown what we're about against England. You know, a team that got to the final, um, even if they sort of like, you know, for want of a better phrase, sort of shithoused their way to the final, but yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: we uh, we look at like a team that, if we, we go about it the right way, with the right personnel and the right formation, we could sneak something against Denmark and then you've got these two massive games, don't you? Moldova um, and Austria in the coming days. So, no, good luck to, to Steve Clark's team. Um, we'll be cheering them on. Tonight, I'm sure when you're listening to this podcast, you'll have already know the result and we'll look like Dafty's here predicting a, a point for Scotland or whatever, but um, yeah, tough one, tough one. Um, but that's just about all we've got time for. Um, on a personal note, this is going to be my last podcast, um, working for the Evening Telegraph for DC Thompson doing teams, One Street. I'll be moving on to Pastures New, I've got a new job um, in Glasgow. So just wanted to say it's been a, a pleasure working with you lads and Thank you to everyone that's, that's listened to us um, ramble on about Dundee and Dundee United for the last couple of years. Um
1: Callum, the, uh, the, the deadline yeah. day move that the deadline day move that nobody saw coming. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a that must have been a forming an eleventh <laughs> uh, hour transfer there. Eh? I, I mean, I, I've got to say, cut. I've got to say, Callum, I mean, if I was in charge, I would have offered you more money to stay. But you, well, oh, thanks, obviously, Bear. those... Those who have got the purse strings at tops and Towers have just decided just to, to let you go on a freezer. My head's been turned. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I, w- I would
2: have done that. <laughs> Calm, I'd have done that as well, just so that I don't have to take over this podcast and actually <laughs> have to do some work in it. I know, Aye, uh, no, my, my head was the, turned. It's been all, it's been all yourself.
0: So. Yeah, no, I, was, I drove down um, to Glasgow last night and the, the Sky Sports cameras were there outside, um, waiting for me <laughs> to pull up um, at my new workplace premises and I was hanging out the window chatting to them so yeah 11th hour, all done so um, (laughs) that'll be me, final week um, working with the Tilly so yeah just want to say thank you to everyone for for listening and I usually say I'll see you next week but I won't but um, there'll be some combination of people who will see you next week and um, I'm sure the podcast will continue to produce the Bang Average material that it's produced for the last two years so yes, all the best, (laughs) take care goodbye if you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams, One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of The Tele Monday to Saturday for all
1: the latest from Dens and Tandyce or go to thetele.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.